We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oregon Ducks have made their first splash in the transfer portal, and it's a big one. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest. Appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to talk some ball. We got a big breaking news episode of the podcast for you guys as Oklahoma quarterback, Dylan Gabriel has committed to Oregon. Some big news for Dan Lanning and the Ducks on the transfer portal here. Uh, And man, it is a really, really big development. So joining me to break it all down is my guy, Spencer McLaughlin, the host of Locked on Ducks and Locked on Pac-12. A little bit of a better vibe now uh, since the last time we saw each other uh, in the Pac-12 title game. How we doing, my guy? That's the lowest bar you could possibly set. For we're doing we're doing better than that. That's like saying, yeah, I'm better than when I went out on the road to get the mail and slipped on the ice, fell down, cracked my head open, and had to get ten stitches. That's not something that happened to me, by the way. I'm just like theorizing of, you know, where we are at in terms of setting the bar extremely low. But you know, fun fact: my family's group chat and just kind of family mantra in like a joking way is aim low and achieve. So it works. Very nice. Very nice. Well, it, it was awesome to, to finally get to meet you last week in uh, Vegas. Um, I don't know if I said this on the my one of my podcasts, but the guy that was supposed to sit next to me didn't show up. So Spencer and I got to take in that game, you know, right next to each other and, you know, kind of freak out or like, you know, spaz out uh, in real time. So that that was definitely uh, a fun experience. Just I appreciate you saying we could freak out and spaz out in real time when I was doing 90 percent of the freaking and spazzing. You were doing a lot of it. I, I was, yeah, because I mean, that was one of the things that I learned early on is that you're not really supposed to celebrate in the press box, even when crazy stuff happens. So, you know, given the stakes, I think it makes sense to to do that um, in that scenario. But, you know, you, it's it's all good. Yeah, I mean, you either care or you don't, man. I care. I, no, I wasn't, I wasn't. I wasn't screaming or nothing, but like. I was reacting to the plays. Well, there were just so many highs and lows because, oh, like, yeah. there were times where I was like, "Spencer, if they uh, score here, I think this game's over." 
And then there were other times I was like, yo, did you see that? So it was pretty insane. Uh, lots of highs and lows. Uh, my heart definitely needed to recover after that game. Yes. I was primarily going off of caffeine, uh, hitting the press box coffee. But man, let's talk about this big news. Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel is going to be a duck. Man, this is arguably, you could say, the most important transfer portal edition already. And it's still December, but... Uh, we're going to get into this one, but really I think it's it's huge because it's probably the biggest box that you have to check if you're Dan Lanyon and these Oregon coaches, and it's it's not even the early signing period, and they already have that box checked. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can make a bigger impact in the transfer portal than getting a quarterback. It's the most important position. I think everybody's pretty well aware of that, and he's a guy who was, was sought after by more than one school that – you know, Oregon is trying to compete with when you're talking about on the field results and competing at a national level. So, you know, it's an addition that certainly raises some eyebrows and we'll talk in, we'll talk about as the show goes on kind of, you know, what it means, but just big picture. I I think the ramifications are that, you you know, despite the loss of the Pac-12 championship game, everybody still believes in Dan Lanning and everybody still believes in the program that, that he's running. And, you know, the brand of Oregon is uh, very much alive and well, because you can go out and get these sorts of guys. Like it's a situation where I don't know that it would matter whether or not Oregon was going to the big 10 or not in terms of landing Dylan Gabriel, but the, the stage that Oregon has the opportunity to compete on being one of the highest in all of college football, that has not changed. And, And I think that that's an encouraging thing for duck fans and, you know, there's still one game left in, in the season. I know a lot of people don't care about it as much, but a chance to put up 12 wins, which would be, I think, just the fourth time ever. I think the first time was 2010, and there was another year with Chip, and there was another year with uh, with, with Mariota in 2014. So, you know, it, it's still a really good season for the Ducks, just not the one that was, you know, possible uh, when you look at the situation they put themselves in. But as you look ahead to 2024, there are going to be a lot of changes on this Oregon roster. And most notably, number 10 is not going to be behind center. Ducks had to find some uh, solution, I guess you could say, for the quarterback spot with Bo Nix wrapping up his college career after two stellar seasons with the Ducks. And just to give you guys a little bit of a timeline on, on Dylan Gabriel and how quickly this one came together. Um, you know, when, when I was in Las Vegas uh, on Friday, I was told that Oregon's main guy, main target at quarterback, hadn't hit the portal yet. And then Monday, here comes Monday, and Dylan Gabriel hits the portal. And then a visit quickly materialized late in the week and, and into the weekend. And and then now you have uh, Dylan Gabriel is a duck. So just huge for the staff to, to get that one knocked out as quick as they did. Just, just to talk a little bit more now, Spencer, about the kind of guy that the Ducks are getting. We're going to get into what this means for the future of the quarterback room and much, much more. But Dylan Gabriel was an absolute star in his two seasons with uh, the Sooners, Um, more so in in 2023, obviously helping lead the Sooners to a 10-win season. He threw for, let me scroll, I thought I had it. Here we go. 3,660 yards and 30 touchdowns against just six interceptions. And he also got it done on the ground as well. 93 carries for 373 yards and 12 touchdown passes, completing a total of, doing the math in real time, 69.3% of his passes. That was kind of what really set Bo Nix apart, I think, from year one to year two. He already set the big mark, and he even you know upped it last year. But that's kind of just the quick, quick look at Dylan Gabriel. He is a lefty. 
Um, and he is that dual threat guy. So that's kind of a, a super quick statistical rundown of what the Ducks are getting uh, in their newest quarterback. Yeah, and I, I think he's a guy who has some similarities to Bo Nix in that you know what will happen next year if you know he stays healthy throughout the course of the entire season. He will break Bo Nix's record for most career starts in the history of college football. This guy has been around for a long time. He was at UCF. He got injured over there and went to Oklahoma. Unfortunately, had an injury there as well. But this past season, had the Sooners playing at a really high level. They were in a position one point in time to control their own destiny at the college football playoff. Instead, they lost twice to who did they lose to? They lost to Kansas once and Oklahoma State. Yeah, in Bedlam. So, you know, he's a guy who's played big games. He's a guy who has won big games and certainly lost some games as well. And he's not as big as Bo Nix. I don't think he has quite as big of of an arm, but he, he's someone who you know can be productive and successful when he is given a good situation around him. And what do we know Oregon's capable of giving to a quarterback? A great situation around him. I mean, Bo Nix didn't have much help down at Auburn. He comes up to Oregon, boom, back-to-back years. He's a Heisman contender this year, of course, being a finalist. And I think that Oregon's going to have some retooling to do offensively. I think one of the biggest pieces to watch for is Tez Johnson, you know, second-team All-Pac-12 guy who had, I think uh, he passed 1,000 receiving yards in the Pac-12 championship game. First time the Ducks have had 2,000-yard receivers in the same season since, I think it's 1997. First time they'd had any 1,000-yard receivers since 2018. Troy Franklin is going to go to the NFL. I think everybody knows that. Tez Johnson, up in the air. Like He came over because Bo Nix went to Dan Lanning and said, hey, you, you, you want this guy. He can be good for us. And guess what? He was really, really good all season long. And then if he's not there, you're now looking at a wide receiver room that is just completely different because who the number three target was in any given game, I think was kind of a revolving door throughout the year, which is a testament to the ducks depth, but being a true number one receiver or being a go-to like Tez Johnson, that's something that is really valuable for a quarterback. And, you know, Gabriel had his best year in college this past season with Oklahoma. It was his second year with the Sooners. He'd gotten hurt the year prior and they got blasted in the red river showdown. And then this year they win the game because he was there. So he's a guy who makes an impact and he's got to have good weapons just like any quarterback does. But I feel pretty good about what Oregon's going to be able to do retooling the offensive line. And we'll see what happens with the position groups. But I think there's a lot of talent in that room. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing to watch as you know Gabriel makes his way to Eugene is who's he throwing the football to. You talk about some of the the future position groups and kind of what that's going to look like. I, I did write a piece, if you guys haven't checked it out, over on Ducks Digest, predicting NFL draft decisions for uh, most of Oregon's top players, uh, obviously juniors um, and, you know, maybe some seniors, depending on COVID eligibility and all that stuff. So give that a check. If you haven't already, check it out. Uh, I'm with you, Spencer. I think that Troy Franklin's probably going to head to the NFL and to your point, we know that Oregon's going to be able to surround uh, Dylan Gabriel with some really good weapons, whether that's running backs, receivers, and certainly protect him. That's something that they've done an amazing job with uh, under t- different coaches in back-to-back years with Adrian Clem and, and Alik Terry. So now that Dylan Gabriel is here at Oregon, it's I think the easiest way to put it is this is a win-now move. I think Oregon obviously showed in 2023 that they are a playoff-caliber team. 
Uh, they just didn't execute when it mattered most, but like all the pieces were there, you know, they, they could do it. They just didn't finish and they, and you know, it sucks to come up short like that, but they have all the tools. And now that you have an experienced quarterback who's played a ton of football, um, I think that that's only going to help them get closer to returning to the playoff, which will of course expand to 12 teams in 2024. Boo, boo. <laughs> Staunch supporter Spencer over here of, uh, of the 12 team playoff. But um, but that's just kind of I think obviously one of the big look at me. I'm impacts. like a college football player at the end of the third quarter. Four, four. I, I would have liked four two. I would have liked four two, which is why I said that this was the year for Oregon to do it because it was the last year that they were going to have four teams. But that's a whole different uh, discussion. I think another just kind of small note that's cool here with, with Dylan Gabriel is, is that he is from Hawaii, and obviously Oregon has had a, a, a history of success. With, uh, with some quarterbacks coming from Hawaii, obviously Marcus Mariota winning the Heisman Trophy and then going number two overall in the NFL draft. Um, so that's just kind of a, a smaller story within the story that he will be going out to Oregon and um, kind of getting to follow in Marcus's footsteps. But at the same time, I bet he wants to to write his own story and just show why he's a special quarterback and and why uh, you know he's, he's the guy to take the Ducks to the promised land. I think that's ultimately what you're looking for here. Yeah, he does. And I, I think that it's 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 a curious acquisition on, on on the one hand, a logical one on the other, because this is just what today's college football world looks like. You know, you described as a win now move. That's what every move is. There aren't a lot of build for the future moves unless you're talking about recruiting really offensive and defensive linemen from the high school ranks like that's it. And I look at how this move affects Ty Thompson. I say, it, I, I'd be surprised if Ty Thompson's on the roster next year. I'd expect him to transfer out and, you know, go find a place where he can actually be a starting quarterback. I think he could be ready to be a starting quarterback. He showed dramatic improvement this year in the action that we saw. But in, in the view of this, the coaching staff, Gabriel is more prepared. He's certainly more experienced. And when you're in, it, it's such an all-in feeling year after year. You just don't want to have to wait for a guy to work out the kinks in his development or else you can run into a Dante Moore situation down at UCLA. Dante Moore could be really good one day, but he was never going to be good the moment he stepped foot on campus as a true freshman. But UCLA is a second tier college football program. And so as a result, they were not making the sorts of moves that made them all in, even though they had a defense that was good enough to win the Pac-12. They just were making, you know, I, I don't really know what their plan at quarterback was. I didn't like it before the year. I predicted them to be seven and five. I predicted them to lose to Cal. Both of those things came to fruition and it was because of the quarterback play or, or a lack thereof in the quality sense. So I think that's just the reality now. I think that sucks for Ty Thompson because he's been patient. He's clearly worked hard to improve. He's been incredibly loyal to Oregon. I don't think any duck fans going to hold it against him though. If he transfers out and, I'll be rooting for him wherever he goes, and I hope he finds somewhere where he can go and succeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, you you uh, transitioned to one of the big topics that I was going to get to oh so nicely is what does this mean? for the Oregon quarterback room as Ty Thompson was the most experienced guy is the most experienced guy on the roster playing in, in seven games in each of the last two seasons. And obviously was the, the in-house leader to take over the quarterback spot and become QB one in Bo Nix's uh, in the wake of Bo Nix's departure. And I think, yeah, like we can just talk more about how college football has evolved and and changed here i just feel like you don't have the time to rely on development necessarily this is a really interesting discussion because obviously you're you're wondering you know what what, what does the staff think of, of ty thompson given that they're taking another transfer portal quarterback i think another thing that's definitely worth mentioning here spencer i'll, I'll start off um i'll start off saying that i think there's something to be said about how long he's been at Oregon and just, you know, if you haven't shown it in three years, I think that that's see, but that's, but, but, but that's the thing this year, he did show it the first two, he did not. But if you are a backup quarterback who is potentially in line to start the following season, you would look the way Ty Thompson looked in the action that he did see this year. He, I mean, yeah. he was comfortable. He was poised. He made accurate throws. He had touch throws. He showed off the arm talent. Everything was there. And, and look, I n- understand it's a limited sample size and Dylan Gabriel's much more proven. And I understand that. And I think five years ago, Ty Thompson probably is Oregon starter next year. And it is viewed with the loss of all the seniors that were on this year's team that were so, so good or guys that are going to go to the NFL like Troy Franklin. It is certainly it, it would be kind of a transition year. But in the portal era, that's just not the way college football works anymore. Because you look at, you know, Popo Amavai, Brandon Dorless, maybe Jordan Birch gone off the defensive line. Mace Funa gone uh, from that unit as well. Kyrie Jackson gone to the cornerback. You lose a couple of safeties. You lose Bo Nix. You lose Troy Franklin. Maybe you lose Tez Johnson and Terrence Ferguson and Jackson Powers Johnson. Normally, back in the old world of college football, my discussion or narrative around the Ducks would be, yeah, 2024 you know, going into a year where you play Washington, Michigan, and Ohio State in the same regular season, I would look at it and say, yeah, this could be an eight and four, nine and three kind of year. And then 2025, I'd expect the team to be better because Ty will have a year under his belt. Guys will be more experienced. But in the portal world, you don't have to wait for that anymore when you're a program like Oregon. You don't have to 
play that developmental game. You can just get right into it and say, all right, let's retool where we need to retool and get a guy who's ready to play quarterback at a high level right now. Exactly. And, and I think that you, yeah, you, you alluded to, to my point as far as you don't have to wait for in this era of, of the portal. And I think with, with, I can agree with you for sure that Ty looked better this year um, than he did in, in the last year. I think another thing that is, is worth mentioning just when we're evaluating his play this year is that he didn't get necessarily a lot of quality reps, even during his time at Oregon, right? You kind of get a mixed bag of, of some second teamers and some starters. So you could make the argument that we didn't really get to see what he looked like with a full arsenal uh, under his belt. And I think that's obviously something that um, is affecting my outlook on this. I mean, I think you're, you're more of a, of a, a Thompson supporter than I am necessarily. I just think that you want to have a guy who, if, if you can get a proven guy that you just is more of a sure thing and has produced at a high level. I just think that that's, it, it, it seems like the more logical move, but obviously it's, it it's a, a bummer if it were to potentially mean that Ty Thompson, you know, I, I feel like, now that he's here, they'll they'll probably you know hey compete in, in spring ball and and see what goes from there. But you don't you don't bring in transfer portal quarterbacks to not start. Yeah, it's not every day that that happens. It has happened before. I have seen it happen, but it is pretty darn rare. The example I can think of is Colin Schley transferred in from Kent State was I think graded as a four star transfer quarterback by twenty four seven Sports. And he was the number three guy to Dante Moore and Ethan Garbers this year for the Bruins. And he was really just brought in for some wildcat packages. So uh, I think another example, like Tyler Buckner went from Notre Dame to Alabama, did not start there. Jalen Milrow, the young guy, after some early season struggles, eventually beat him out and and won the job. So, you know, th there are other examples. I think Spencer Sanders went to Ole Miss, Ole Miss and, was the, yeah. and was the backup to Jackson Dart. So... We've seen it. it. It's just not particularly common. And, you know, Dart was a guy at Ole Miss. Like that, I think, is the most high-profile example because Sanders was a starter at Oklahoma State. Imagine if he'd stayed at Oklahoma State, by the way. That was a horrible decision on, on his part, at least from the outset, because Oklahoma State was not a good football team this year. You know, one of the reasons – well, they okay, they were a good. They were not a great or elite football team. You know why? Because their quarterback play was awful. They didn't figure it out until – like the middle of November. And even then I watched it and it was like, eh, this is just not, this is not very good. If they'd had a quarterback, yeah, the rest of their team might've been good enough to compete at a higher level than, than they did this season. They might not have lost to <clears throat> South Alabama. Anyway, no disrespect to the Jaguars down there. I know their SID, he's an awesome guy, but anyway, so I, I, I think that that's the best example, but even if you wanted to look at that and say, well, see, it is possible Ty could start. Maybe it is Jackson Dart had played football before for Ole Miss. They brought in Spencer Sanders either in the event that Jackson Dart were to get hurt because he runs a good amount or because they wanted to push him. He had already started a season successfully for Ole Miss. Ty has never started a game for Oregon, and I think it's kind of likely that he never does start a game for Oregon, which would be a pretty crazy thing to say to every Duck fan in 2021. Yeah, it would be because there was so much promise behind him. And anytime they have the, the five-star billing, uh, it, it always, you know, it's easy to get caught up in, in, in all of that stuff. I do want to float something out there that 
sounds like kind of a wild card scenario, but I think it's definitely worth talking about here uh, in the on the topic of transfer portal quarterbacks. There's another quarterback with some pretty heavy Oregon ties in the transfer portal. That is Dante Moore, the former five-star Oregon quarterback commit. I will be super upfront about this. I don't have any intel on Dante Moore, and I haven't been told that this is Oregon's thinking, but could we see ourselves in a situation where Oregon takes two transfer portal quarterbacks, seeing that it seems like Dante Moore has been pretty vocal about prioritizing development and almost kind of paraphrasing here, maybe he's okay sitting for a year because then you have Gabriel come in and then once he leaves, you already have someone on your roster that that could be the the heir apparent there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I it depends on what Ty Thompson is thinking about because Gabriel only has one year of eligibility left. So if you bring in Dylan Gabriel with the intent to start him in 2024 and Ty Thompson transfers, I could be open to the Dante Moore piece. But does that mean you're just punting on Austin Novosad? Because Novosad is an unknown commodity at this point for the most part. I mean, we've seen him for a handful of snaps in the spring game. I thought he looked pretty good, but really wasn't asked to do very much. So that we really don't know. What we do know is Dante Moore has also got a lot of talent. I think a little bit more than Novosad. But Dante Moore also has a lot to work out. And for all we know, Novosad is not someone who would step into a game and throw a pick six in three consecutive weeks. Maybe he would be. Like there, it's it's you know Schrodinger's cat. You don't know until you open the box, and that box probably won't get open for uh, at least another year or two after 2024. So I'm I I don't know that I could see more really doing that. Like I I know that he, I think that's a projection thing. I think that's a narrative thing because he was pretty bad at UCLA. He was so bad he got benched for Ethan Garbers, who's fine, but he's nothing special. He's just, you know, a guy. He's a low-end power five starter, but a starting capable quarterback for sure. And so when you factor all that stuff in, I, I, I don't know that Dante Moore isn't putting out that development stuff to send the right message to a coaching staff. Maybe he does. Maybe he really does want to sit for a year. In my experience, young quarterbacks or young players in general who have a lot of talent do not want to actually sit on the bench. Because if Dante Moore actually were wanted to develop, unless the relationship with Chip Kelly was, was just so fraught that he didn't want to try and make it work, why would you not stay there? Chip Kelly just got done before you arrived developing a young quarterback from a turnover-prone true freshman starting before he really should have been to an all-conference caliber guy by the time he was a junior and senior. Like that, that just happened. That's not a 2010 Chip Kelly projection. That's something that happened with Chip Kelly, current UCLA football coach. And so Dante Moore, this whole spiel about, you know, it's about development. I want to do this, that, and the other thing. Like you want to go learn a new system and you actually want to sit down for a year, learn from a veteran quarterback, and then play in 2025. It'd be unique is all I'm saying. And I think that there's, you know, some messaging and, and a little bit of a game being played with that. We'll have to see again. I just wanted to bring that to the table because there, there are people out there that are, um, you know, I guess pumping up some of the Dante Moore to Oregon, uh, not Dante Moore to Oregon, but those connections. Um, I just wanted to bring that to the table and have a discussion on it. Again, I'm not being told that that's going to happen, 
but it does introduce a, a pretty interesting scenario just in terms of how the quarterback position is handled right now in college football. The Ducks are expected to sign Luke Moga, the 2024 quarterback out of Arizona. He was recently upgraded to the number four dual threat quarterback in the country, according to rivals. So uh, you're looking at a quarterback room with Dylan Gabriel, Ty Thompson, Austin Novosad, and um, Luke Moga. It looks like Michael Van Buren, the former Oregon quarterback commit, could be headed to uh, the SEC um, at uh, Mississippi State. But it's just an interesting world that we're living in right now with the quarterback spot, Spencer, because looking down the line, the Ducks have Achilles Smith Jr. committed in the 2025 class, and, and he's looking pretty good. You know, he's still got another full season and a full spring to develop his game and then one more year at Lincoln before he gets to, to Oregon. But I think it's just such an interesting deal when you're considering the whole deal with development because it's so rare that you find a young quarterback who's just so cannot miss, you know, knock it out of the park, talented, that you feel comfortable starting him as a, a true freshman. I'm, I'm thinking about like Trevor Lawrence is probably the, the main one that comes to mind, maybe Tua, but that was an interesting scenario at Alabama. I just kind of wanted to get some thoughts here as we kind of start to wind down on just the, the status of quarterback development in the transfer portal era. Yeah, I mean, it's a it, it it's it's a haves and have-nots because UCLA, I think, was understanding at some level that it was a rebuild year, and that's why they were willing to go with Dante Moore at one point in time because it's like, well, you know, we're, we're going to try and win this year, but at least I thought they should understand it's not a season where you're going to compete at a high level. But then you develop a guy at some at some level because. Dante Moore got experience on the field, but are you just doing that for somebody else? And that's kind of how it seems is a lot of these quarterbacks are going to go from places like Oklahoma didn't, you know, make Dylan Gabriel into the player he is as much as UCF did. And get, guess what UCF is? A much lower tier program than Oklahoma. And, and that's always going to be there as long as the transfer portal is like this. And I don't get the sense that it's going to change anytime soon. So as long as it is available, as an option to big time programs like Oregon or Alabama or whoever, there will still be some examples, but I think the majority are just going to go with transfers. I mean, even look at, you know, the example I was talking about earlier with Ole Miss Jackson Dart was a transfer from USC. I mean, Georgia developed Carson Beck and Alabama's developed Jalen Milrow. And it feels like they're the exception. Quinn Ewers transfer, Michael Penix transfer, Bo Nix transfer, Ohio state's quarterback is now transferring because it didn't work out as well. Like I didn't think Kyle McCord was very good this year. And so how does Ohio state not look at that and think, well, wait a minute. What last time we got to the national championship, we had who, Oh yeah. Justin Fields. Where'd he come from? Oh yeah, that's right. Georgia, a transfer from there. Was he incredibly developed at Georgia? Not a ton, but somewhat he was at least introduced to the speed of college football and practice and whatnot, limited game time. So, you know, LSU bringing in Joe Burrow or, uh, like all the Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts, there are just so many big time examples of the transfers working. I don't expect it to slow down anytime soon. And I'm right there with you. It's it's just such an interesting dynamic to to watch it unfold. And uh, the, the transfer portal is just wild. But I, I totally agree. If you have the option to go with a proven guy who's going to help you win more games now versus risking a season with a more unproven guy, 
Um, you, you just it just seems like it's pretty clear cut, but you know, recruiting so fluid and it's no perfect science, the whole all those cliches, but it's it's true at the same time. Uh, that's just kind of the the era that we're at here with the college football. But just to give some final thoughts here on Dylan Gabriel, I'm I'm really excited to see what he looks like in this Will Stein offense at Oregon, a, a dual threat guy who who ran a lot this year, which I think is super fun to watch, but it also puts more hits on your quarterback. So that's going to be something that Oregon's obviously going to have to manage here. And then another thing, just a final thought is just to managing the quarterback room. You got to have in in a perfect world, you want to have a quarterback that you feel is a capable backup and someone that you think if your starter goes down, you can roll out there and they'll continue to move the offense down the field. We haven't really gotten to see that from Ty Thompson in terms of like a big time situation where he was called upon this year in 2023 um you could say we kind of saw it last year against washington but they didn't let him throw a pass so that's you can't really make too much from that so it's an interesting world but dylan gabriel is going to be a duck and and that's kind of what we got for now yeah and and i think that if oregon's able to surround him with good weapons clearly he can be productive and lead your team to a winning season can he play at a heisman level no i don't think he can reach bo nix's level because that's that's pretty high standard but you know, I, I think that this having been the direction that Oregon has chosen is one that allows them to compete for a playoff spot next year. Absolutely. And and that's that's obviously the, the direction that uh, the Ducks want to be going and getting a QB one that that is as good as Dylan Gabriel is is certainly a step in the right direction. But Spencer, let the people know where they can find you and the awesome stuff you got going on in this space. Yeah, I host Locked On Ducks and Locked On Pac-12 Monday through Friday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And that uh, latter show, Locked On Pac-12, stay tuned. All right, there you <laughs> uh, go. See, see, I just say that in light of the conference, you know, going defunct here. Um, I'll just say stay tuned. I'm on Twitter at smalls underscore 55. If you ever want to send me a message over there, appreciate everybody. And Max, always good to talk to you. Absolutely. Well, you guys make sure you lock in with Spencer. He's awesome and does a great job at his show over there. If you want to find more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at mtaurus sports, subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon football, Max Taurus and read all of my latest written content covering the ducks on the field and on the recruiting trail. We're in the portal madness. We're early signing periods coming. So make sure you guys stay locked in because I got you covered, but until next time, a big thank you to Spencer for coming on and a big thank you to you guys for tuning in. And thanks you for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.